Welcome to Autism Weekly, the podcast that discusses autism news, current events, and inclusion. Each week, we welcome a guest to the program to share their unique perspective and expertise as it relates to the fascinating world of autism. I'm your host, Jeff Skibitsky. I'm the founder and president of ABS Kids. I've been in the field of autism and applied behavior analysis as a clinician and advocate for nearly two decades. Today, we welcome autism self-advocate and author Sam Farmar back to the podcast to talk about how to rise above bullying. Bullying can impact people of all ages, and Sam has empowering advice that can help in all kinds of scenarios. Sam first joined our podcast back on episode 27, where we discussed his path towards autism awareness and acceptance. Sam is an author of a book titled A Long Walk Down a Winding Road. This book offers clear advice and simple steps for overcoming adversity and improving your life. I know that it's been proven to be a helpful resource for parents, other autistics, and clinicians alike, and very informative for the community at large. Sam has a wealth of knowledge and firsthand experience to share, and I, I'll speak for myself, but I know for the rest of the audience, we're thrilled to have him back. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Well, so uh, let's catch up. So the last podcast episode you joined was back in March, as we said, of 2021. Yes. So what have you been doing over the last six months? Can you give us a little bit of a, a taste of Sam Farmar's experience? Oh, as usual, I've been up to no good. <laughs> ah. But uh, in any event, just really keeping busy uh, with work, uh, keeping busy in terms of giving author talks, book presentations. I've done other podcasts just to get the word out about the book. Um, and uh, I'm now working for a company uh, called Florio Technologies, which uses virtual reality technology to deliver therapeutic content for people on the autism spectrum. I'm the self-advocate on the autism spectrum on staff to kind of give an autistic's point of view um, and feedback from that perspective on the content. And that's been an absolutely wonderful. And uh, on top of just being a husband and a father, uh, those three endeavors, it's a lot. I think that Florio is investing in the right place. I, I just talking with you at our last podcast, Sam, is that you got such great insight and you have a way to be able to explain things. And that kind of brings us into the topic for today is, you know, we're going to be talking about bullying. But before we start even going down that road, I'd love to hear from your perspective. And maybe this is putting it in context of the educational institution or those those children that are school age, what, what do you define as bullying? And how does an autistic person see bullying if it sees it anything different than anybody else? I mean, how do you define that? The way I look at it is that it's about one person trying to exert power over somebody else, simply put. Bullying can be verbal, it can be physical, it can be both, it can be face-to-face. -face. As we know, it can be in cyberspace with cyberbullying. I mean, any number of forms. 
But at the core of it all is somebody trying to exert power, exert control over your life, which nobody deserves. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. I mean, do you feel that uh, people who identify autistic or maybe just people who social cueing and social awareness are are more of a challenge, do you think that they're more vulnerable to bullying? Um, I feel that they are, as are a number of groups of people in society who have been marginalized in some way, and there are a bunch of them. You know, regrettably, it's it's neurodiverse people of all kinds, not just autistics, but people dealing with things like ADHD, dyslexia, dysgraphia, et cetera, minorities, the LGBTQ plus community. Of course, there's overlap here every which way you look, but um, it's it's marginalized groups of people who I do feel for all the wrong reasons um, that they tend to disproportionately be targeted, but bullying affects all of us, Mm -hmm. including those who are doing the bullying, who themselves might've been bullied prior and think of bullying regrettably as a way to kind of settle the score. Many who do bully were bullied earlier themselves. You know, the hunters and the hunted kind of concept. Yeah. It's complicated. It's a complicated mess. No, it is. And I mean, it's it's sad to think that any difference could ultimately turn somebody into a target of a bully. And yeah. I, I guess maybe painting this picture a little bit, if you don't mind, is sharing from your perspective um, as an autistic adult is, you know, when you were growing up, do you have an experience that you could draw off of to, to paint the picture, illustrate it for us so we know what this looks like and maybe even what it felt like at the time? Well, uh, I've been through a number of bullying incidents and I'm very fortunate in the respect that I was never seriously physically injured. I was fortunate to not have any emotional scars. But one that comes to mind happened in fifth grade during recess. Um, I was dealing with somebody who I had reason to believe had bullied other people. We were on the playground. All that I can recall from this incident is that everything went black. And once the black kind of went away and my eyes opened, I found myself lying down with my back to the blacktop and with him and a big crowd of fellow schoolmates standing over me with me on the ground, my back to the ground, looking over me and him standing directly over me. Remarkably, I mean, maybe by the grace of God, (laughs) in ways I can't explain, I recall like regaining awareness and saying, oh my God, what just happened? And then maybe a minute or less later getting up and just to 
going about my regular business, continuing with the school day, finishing it up, going home and showing up to school the next day. Maybe I had a greater sense of inner strength than I realized at the time to be able to just get up almost as if nothing had happened. But when something like that happens, you don't forget it. It gets seared into your memory cells. And so I knew to include it in my book, in the chapter that I wrote about rising above bullying, just to point out that bullying is real. It can be really intense. It can either be very emotionally or physically damaging, or in my case, it doesn't necessarily have to be, and then everything in between. And my recollection is that nobody really talked about it. I didn't talk about it with my parents. There was no dialogue about it at school. And in retrospect, I feel as though maybe there should have been, because it's a very important issue that I think ought to be discussed, the problems of bullying, if anything, to try to curb how often it happens. But no recollection of that. Granted, this was back in the early 80s, fifth grade. You know, I'm in my early 50s now. That's when I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Times very much have changed in many ways since then. But that's, that's a memory that I'll never be able to shake. And I'm okay with that. I found a way to forgive this person. Even though he never expressed remorse, um, after fifth grade, I never saw him again. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that I was able, I think, to, uh, to forgive, in part, was the fact that, number one, it doesn't do us any good to linger on the resentment on on those kinds of negative feelings that you have towards a bully. They're very, very understandable feelings mm-hmm. to have. But if you harbor them long term, doesn't do you any good. Yeah. And Sam, I appreciate at the way that you're able to kind of conceptualize how how you went through thinking through those events and being able to put a perspective to what's happening. Yeah. Um, and, and it does show is that any difference, no matter who you are, is that that difference can be drawn upon for the sake of, of a bullying experience, but it's also is the experience that you've had as an individual is that if you've been bullied and in your situation is that you were bullied at school, that could easily turn into you making that experience for somebody else, somebody else that you see a difference for, and it becomes cyclical. And I understand exactly how that is. The instance that you drew upon there is one of physical bullying which is so easy for us all to see and ideally is the one that is being drawn upon to say, hey, listen, this sort of behavior can occur because we see it. It's tangible. Yes. When I think about the emotional bullying, that's the one that is a little bit harder, I think, for people, A, to talk about, Mm -hmm. but B, to really, truly observe. I had a, a chance to talk to a young girl who is is got a wonderful skill set, identifies autistic, yep. has has minor kind of social awareness, and I'll call them quirks, but they're just sure. differences. 
And she yeah. doesn't pick up on all of the things that might be going on around her, which I, as an outsider, would consider bullying. But she's not identifying them on a regular basis. So how do we protect the child that maybe doesn't know they're being bullied? What do we need to do as a community to help empower or talk? And you brought up one thing, talk about it. But what are some of the things we can do to help protect that child? It's a tough one because awareness of self being that that's a prerequisite, I feel, for being able to be aware of others around you is really, really difficult and may take a long time and a lot of help, I think, from the right people to become more aware and to break out of what I call in my book this sphere of unawareness and self-absorption. That's the name I gave it in my book of how self-absorbed and unaware I was. It's hard because I often felt that, no, this person is treating me just fine. I feel fine. I'm good. Even though others would tell me, no, Sam, this person is doing bad, wrong things to you. I could not be convinced. I was so absorbed in my own feelings, my own way of seeing things, that it really just wasn't possible for me to understand what other people were saying that differed from my own point of view. Eventually, as you get older, you know, I'm 52 years old, you learn things, you develop skills. I had a lot of really good help from excellent clinicians who helped me become more aware of myself and consequently of others. That only now can I, can I really accomplish what it is that you just described of being able to say that, yeah, I learned to be more aware. Um, but it's, uh, it's such a difficult matter. Often it's just not possible to do. And I obviously paid a price for it socially through struggle and through hardship. Arguably, you grow stronger over time. You go smarter. Again, I'm very, very, very fortunate that I reached a point in my life where, um, where I learned to be able to do things that I simply just was not capable of during my formative years. Well, I, I need your advice on this because I, I look at it from a parent perspective. Sure. And I look at this young teenager who the naivety is what keeps her happy in that particular situation. Yes. Not knowing is what is keeping joy in her life. Yet, I know as a parent, I need to teach self-awareness. I, it's that struggle. So tell me as a parent, what do, I, what do I do? How do I navigate this? Because I don't want to take joy from my, from my daughter, but I do want to empower her. I think you're spot on uh, that as a parent myself and all parents, we have to talk to our kids, whether they're autistic or non-autistic, 
we have to say how we feel um, with honesty and with sensitivity and awareness of our child's vulnerabilities and sensitivities. The more a parent or a friend or a teacher is able to bring up those difficult subjects, I think the greater the chance that eventually that child will become more aware. It certainly isn't going to happen if a parent or a mentor or a friend kind of pulls back and does nothing and says, I'm afraid of hurting this person or of getting them upset. You kind of want to jump into the lion's den, so to speak, and do what you feel is right and try to bring certain things to awareness. And I had a wonderful history teacher in high school. His motto was, repetition is the grandmother of learning. That's what he always told us. And those words really stuck with me. The more we go at it, the more we try to engage our kids on on the tough lessons. And tone is very important. You want to communicate with the proper tone because how you say things is pretty much always, as studies show, more important than what is said, is how it's said. And I'm proof that that kind of approach pays off because eventually I got there. I became aware of things that beforehand I had not been aware of. It would never have happened if my parents, clinicians, friends, others hadn't had the courage to tell me what was really going on, even when they knew I wouldn't want to hear it. I'm so glad that you shared that perspective, because when I when I look at this, my initial thought as a clinician is if I empower over the long term, is that I will create a better experience and a better joy of life by giving the skills and giving empowerment and confidence and awareness. But Completely at the moment, agree. it is hard. <laughs> it is so hard. It's so very, about- very hard. None of this is easy. No. But uh, life is hard for all of us. We all have our challenges. So tell me that intersection of, you know, how your family empowers that conversation, how your therapist empowers that conversation, how the skill building empowers that conversation. Where does it all come together? Does everybody play a role? Um, Some people are going to play a role. Others won't. It takes a person with the courage to speak up to have that role. And it could take different forms. Maybe you have parents who will take a role, but it may very well be that most, if not all, of your friends won't want to take that role because they're afraid that that might hurt you and that maybe as a result they might lose you as a friend. It, it depends, really, I think, is the answer. Personalities of the people in your life, but what I can't stress enough, what's really important here, is that the people, the kind of people that we surround ourselves with, can either make us or break us. 
-hmm. We want to try to be wary to whatever extent we can of the personalities of the people who surround us. Regrettably, Mm -hmm. life is such that we won't always find ourselves in situations where everybody we're associating with is likable, is smart, who will say and do the right thing. Mm. But uh, that's what's key. It's, it's all about the connections we make, the people with whom we associate. That again, I was extraordinarily fortunate really overwhelmingly, not a hundred percent, but overwhelmingly had a lot of good hearted, smart, arguably courageous people in my life. Makes all the difference. No, it definitely does. And, and you know what, those are the same people that I hope are listening to you, reading your book and taking in that information to be able to explore who they're surrounding with, but also how to support those around you. So if that other teenager, that peer is listening to this podcast right now and watching the bullying going on, what what is your advice to them? What do they need to be doing? If they see the emotional bullying, they see the physical bullying, how do they help protect their friend who's going through that experience? Well, it's a number of things. Um, First and foremost, it's, I think about liking and ideally loving who you are. If If you have a good sense of self, and there are lots of strategies in my book of how you can build up that sense of self, self esteem building. Arguably, that may be your best defense against bullying, because when you're strong in yourself, when you believe in yourself, when you love who you are, commensurate with that is that your inner strength, as I call it in my book, is also going to be strong. And that's what enables you to stand up to bullies. Number two, understanding that we live in a world to humanity in general, there's a dark side. We've seen it, I think, accentuated in recent years in terms of all of the us versus them tribalism that we see, the often toxic discourse we see in our politics, um, abuse of power by certain politicians, by others in positions of power. There's a dark side to humanity that we're all better off acknowledging as being, quote unquote, regrettably inevitable, that we can use that knowledge to fortify our defenses and to see the bullying coming our way, that we can be ready for it when and if it reaches us. God willing, it won't. But if it does, we're ready for it by anticipating it. And by understanding human nature, that there's a dark side to it. We've seen plenty of evidence of that. Um, Third, understand, as I mentioned before, that the person bullying you may him or herself have been bullied. Maybe they didn't, didn't get the help they needed. 
uh, arguably, after having been bullied, that later on in life, they themselves end up bullying others, a very common phenomenon. If you're able to empathize, as I was able to, again, much easier said than done, with the bully, um, you're better off for that than if you're not able to do so. Um, understanding why people bully and maybe what they're going through that leads to it, that they may have bullied you, but, but maybe they didn't know better or maybe they don't have um, other strategies they can use to deal with hardship rather than to bully somebody else. Maybe they don't mean harm, but they're unknowingly doing it, and that in doing so, you feel bullied, even though maybe the bully didn't intend it. Others will intend to do it. Others, I believe, don't intend to do harm, but do harm anyway. Uh, those are those are a couple of things that come to mind of how we can try to confront bullying to rise above it. Um, and there's more on that, of course, in the book. Yeah, I think that just even listening to those key points is just being able to understand and be proud of yourself, being able to take the situation and have perspective, and then also being able to have that empathy. Th those three things that like you, you outline and the way that you're looking at those, those core pieces I, I, maybe we all need to start doing that in every relationship we have in our lives and the whole world will get better, but especially in those situations. Um, yes. You've referenced your book several times, Sam, and I want everybody to have the opportunity to go get this book or to learn more from your book. Where, where can people find more information about this? Well, thank you very much for supporting the book in that regard. Uh, my book is available on Amazon. If you just do a title search on Amazon, either with my name, Sam Farmer, or to do a search for the title, A Long Walk Down a Winding Road, and uh, samfarmerauthor.com, that's my website. And from there, you can read a little more about the book, read reviews of it, and there are buttons there on the book page that'll take you directly to my Amazon book page from which the book can be ordered either as a paperback or as an ebook, whatever you prefer. Well, thank you very much again, Sam. I think that the fact that you're so willing to share your experience, your knowledge, and some advice to be able to help people through some challenging times and to really take advantage of everything that life is there to offer without these barriers in place. I, I appreciate you coming onto the podcast to do that. Thank you very much. This has been great. Thank you for listening to Autism Weekly. We hope you tune back in next week to learn more about autism in the real world. Autism Weekly is now found on all the major listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe to be notified when we post a new podcast. Autism Weekly is produced by ABS Kids. ABS Kids is proud to provide diagnostic assessments 
and ABA therapy to children with developmental delays like autism spectrum disorder. You can learn more about ABS Kids and the Autism Weekly Podcast by visiting abskids.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you again next week. Thank <music> you.